This is the Get Better Everyday Podcast with Matt Gouget. Actionable advice from real-life superheroes who, just like you, are in relentless pursuit of the best version of themselves. Whether you're just getting started or have been at it for years, my hope is that this podcast injects you with some positive energy to continue doing what brings you joy. Join me as I interview the best of the best in business, sports, and life. Let's grow together. Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm KJ. And we're the producers of the Get Better Everyday Podcast. Do you like podcasts? Well, then hit us up. IkePodcastNetwork.com will help you build your show. All right, Matt Gouget, Get Better Everyday Podcast. I'm excited today to have Alec Hansen. I'm going to miss a few of these things, but influencer, author, podcaster, marketer, Yes. Dad life, dad bod. Should I, should I add some more there? Oh, it keeps going. The list just keeps going. Yeah. Before we get started, and I want to hear a little bit about your your story and your journey over the last 20 years in the mortgage industry. Yeah. I just want to give the Get Better Everyday listeners a quick life hack. Because being in the industry myself, the mortgage industry, um, no matter what industry somebody's in, if you're looking to level up what you're doing, the best way to do it is go out and find people that are doing it at a high level and watch what they're doing. Take a little bit of what Alec is doing and, and do some of that. And so that's why we're sitting here today, Alec, because I notice things you're doing. I follow it and I know it's good stuff. So I'm excited to dig inside your brain and, and add some value to the Get Better Everyday listener. Dude, let me, let me just tell you that that life hack transformed my entire career. When I, when I was a brand new loan officer in 2000 and uh, call it three, three or four, and didn't know anything, was trying to figure out how to become good. I literally, my, my entire strategy was, I went to the best loan officers at the company I worked for, it was Countrywide back in the day. I emailed them and said, hey, can I buy you a coffee? Will you tell me what you do? Can I learn how, you, how you've gotten to such heights? And literally... Every single one said yes. I drove up and down California to find these people. I went all over the place, I, wherever they were. And I had just had coffee with them. And you know what, the, Matt? They just tell you what they do. They just tell you. They're right. Like, Successful yeah, people, generally speaking, no matter what industry, are open book. I'll tell well, you what I'm Yeah. And the reality is that they know, that they know. first of all, most of these guys are such uh, gals are so highly accomplished. Like, they're not insecure. They're not concerned that you're going to come in and take their pie. They know that they are doing what they're doing. They have their space. And they also know that people don't execute. So they're like, yeah. And, and the best thing you can do is just go and learn. Because I, I wrote down pages and pages of notes. And then I took the stuff I liked. I changed the stuff I didn't. I made my own path with it. And it transformed my career. So your life hack to start this thing, we can be done now. We did the whole podcast. It's everyone got what they needed. Value add, turn it off, guys. If you like that, subscribe to the Get Better Everyday podcast. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your story, where it began, and 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 yeah. how how you've you know grown and 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 the new role, which is cool. Well, like most amazing like stories of mortgage, you know, we fun fumble our ways into mortgage. Like n- nobody's like growing up being like, oh, I'm going to be a mortgage. I'm, I'm probably the closest because. My dad's been in the mortgage business for 40 years. And so I watched him um, build his career as, you know, as I was a young kid looking around, I'm like, what do you do? And he, like, I learned, so I learned about mortgage really early on. And, and then in college, I had some opportunity, I had some free time. So I kind of called him up and said, can you get me a job? Like, can I do something? Cause I got some free time. I want to make some money. And I ended up shipping loan files in downtown Oakland in Northern California. And that was how I got into the space. 
And so I, I would go in once to twice a week, I would ship loan files, I'd go back to do my school stuff. Um, I remember I stayed up one summer and because I'm from SoCal. So I stayed up one summer and I worked in a builder branch for a group. And I uh, it was it was booming back then. So I literally just did refis for these gals because they were out crushing it at builder communities. And when I graduated, I was like, you know, I've never had an aspiration of like, I'm going to be a scientist, I'm going to be I'm going to be a whatever. So I moved back down to Southern California, and I got a job as a receptionist, making 90 bucks alone, sitting in a strip mall back then, because most people don't know the countrywide story. Uh, Angelo Mozillo hated loan officers, thought they were the devil, was committed to never hiring loan officers. Instead, he put our offices in strip malls. And I was next to a Whole Foods. And I got 90 bucks alone doing HELOCs as the receptionist. <laughs> that's awesome. and, and that and then you know that that started my whole career I, I i got lucky i got great mentors guys like in 2003 i remember uh and four my mentor was the branch manager and there was a massive refinance boom happening back then in fact it was the biggest refinance boom we've ever had up till 2020 came along and crushed it and that was the day people were like literally wolf of wall street style quitting college to go like churn refis for mortgage shops like that was happening in those early days and I didn't know any of that. All I knew is that my manager told me that I had to go out every single day and get eight business cards from realtors before I could come back to the office. That's all. I, so I just got on my Civic and I drove around and I met agents and I went to previews and open houses. And, you know, I built my career, what I would call the traditional way, belly to belly with referral partners in the streets, strapping for business. And, you know, 22 years later, I'm the chief marketing officer at Lone Depot now, which is wild. So, you know, it's and there's, there's lots of more stories in there, but that's right. pretty much it. The in between, yeah. But you know, I'd love to dig into because obviously yeah, you've got you, you know a deep knowledge of you know marketing and and human psychology and stuff. Um, I'm fascinated by like the time we're currently living in oh, um, yeah. with technology. Like I literally oh, had the conversation yeah. with some agents stuff yesterday where like I don't consider myself tech savvy. I can press record and record a video and I could talk about things that I do every day in mortgage. And the end consumer likes that, right? Because it's kind of a preview of, of, of what things are going on. But like you start talking chat GPT and, you know, artificial intelligence, all this stuff, like it's way above my pay grade. Um, as somebody who's at the forefront of, you know, yeah. marketing and, uh, you know, the, just the, the interaction with potential yeah. Clients like, like, what do you see now? You know, cause Lone Depot I know is, is, is got great technology and what do you see in the future? Well, let me, let me preface that with a little bit of a story. So, you know, I, I think I'm one of the last originators who drove around with MapQuest printouts and a Nokia phone to find agents. Like I'm one generation up from the freaking Thomas guide. Right. So thank God I didn't have to like flip through that thing, but like that, that world was more simplistic. In, in some ways, because all of the knowledge of real estate was really hidden. The multiple listing services was private. You, you couldn't access it unless you were a real estate agent. And so in that flow, in that world, the, the realtor controlled massive amounts of influence because they had access to knowledge that no one else had. So if you wanted to find out what was for sale, you, you, know, you had to talk to an agent. It just, it just transformed. That's how the business was run. And then the introduction of technology and the spread of social media and everything else that has happened, the MLS becoming public and mega companies like Zillow stacking up to like feed the public that information has transformed the entire sales cycle, has transformed how humans and consumers do business. Uh, all of us use smartphones now. If you don't, it's, it's like 
you think that person's a murderer. Like it's really weird. <laughs> and so it's, it transformed the whole process. And yet there's lots of people that aren't embracing that because there's, you know, there's early adopters, there's laggards, there's all that stuff. So in terms of where technology is going, in my opinion, I think technology over the next three to five years is going to make the mortgage process, the fulfillment process of a mortgage, almost instantaneous and seamless. I think it's going to continue to connect, you know, disparate technologies like where you bank and where and where how you file your taxes. And it's, I think it's going to connect that information in where the underwriting profile, the gathering of documents and the review of those documents using AI, using machine learning, using uh, automatic document recognition and optical character recognition is going to just help the approval process fly through. And I think that with the rise of social media and where humans are hanging out, I think the sales process has to change too. So I don't think the threat for mortgage professionals is that technology is going to replace them. Because no matter how hard someone tries to commodify getting a mortgage, and maybe they'll get there on refinancing, but on the purchase side of the house, the, the, the complexity involved with getting the largest debt of your life and getting good counsel and, and, and receiving good wisdom from somebody who's looking out for your best interest has not, is not going to be replaced by AI overnight. Maybe AI is going to get so sophisticated that it can talk to you and guide you and give you a, a world's worth of experience at some point. But there is still an underlying truth in our world that I think is going to hold for a long time which is people want to do business with people that they like, know, and trust. And so, yeah, I mean, we'll go to Amazon to get a hammer delivered and we won't go down to our hardware store. But if you have a brain tumor and you need to get someone to cut it out, you're probably going to find the best freaking surgeon in the world. And this is not to say that getting a loan is brain surgery, but sometimes there, it is. <laughs> there is, some, there is, there is nuance. There is, there is empathy required. There is, things that AI isn't there yet with. And so when I look at that for originators, our opportunity has been what it's always been. Build deep, connected relationships with the people you want to serve and influence, and it will grow your business. Whether you're doing that on social with video, which is a whole thing we can talk about, or complementing that with the traditional belly to belly in the street, meeting customers face to face, and, and really having those consultations you know, live and in person. I think all that still is massively relevant to originators today. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, like you alluded to, the, the social aspect of it, um, you know, just allows you to do it at scale. I don't have to rent out a room to talk to a thousand consumers. And if I say out loud, and my mission is like, hey, I want to educate home buyers. I want to educate people and, and explain something as complex as mortgage in a simple way. I don't have to have an auditorium to do it, right? Like. You've got YouTube and Instagram and, and Facebook and all that. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your take on that because it's just interesting for all businesses where oh, it, absolutely. It, like, it's all changing, right? Like I will support a brand and buy something from somebody who I like on Instagram. Um, and it, it feels like that shift, like you, you blink your eyes and all of a sudden it's like, Prime replaces Gatorade because people follow Logan Paul, right? And so wow. like how do how do like all salespeople, because I think this could be broader than mortgage, right? Like how do all salespeople use that knowledge and use like the power of social? Because for most of us, it's huge opportunity. It's not like this comes along and replaces us. It's like technology comes along and allows us to supercharge our business if leveraged correctly. 
So I'll say this and I'll answer this in a couple of ways. Um, human behavior hasn't really changed in the science of this stuff for a long time. We, we like brands and we like people. So when I, when I like, and, and people get weirded out by that in, in lending because we're so personal brand centric, but like, trust me, like rocket mortgage isn't trying to brand people. They're branding themselves and consumers are trusting it at record levels that the local professionals always thought was a joke. We always thought, why would anyone use an online lender when I'm here face to face? And then all of a sudden they've proven that they're going to do some loans for people that clearly don't care about the local professional. So people like brands and people like people look at Nike, people buy Nike shoes even though sometimes there's some reports that say they're not like ethically produced and what, but you're like, yep, the new Jordans. Well, that's Jordan. So people buy Jordans because it's Jordan. So we like people and we like brands. Well, how does that play into today's world? Well, where is, where are consumers spending their time? Because where they're spending their time and what they're consuming is going to start dictating what their actions are going to be. And it's undeniable. They're spending their time staring at their freaking phones. And, and, and if you think the trend, like some people are like, well, not everybody. And I'm like, okay, fair, not everybody. But the trend line is like, like it's so violent that it, it might as well be everybody. And so if that's the new world, how do we want to play? And now, just like you said before, you can't put your head in the sand. You, you got to play where the people are if you want to have influence and opportunity. And that means you got to play on social. You got to understand video. You got to understand the language of these platforms. You got to learn new shit. And I'm sorry, because that's discomforting for a lot of people. But I'll tell you what, like every street originator who's ever had success in their life from putting, got there by putting themselves in a position of discomfort. No one likes cold calling agents for meetings, walking into open houses when you don't know somebody and trying to build a relationship, pitch them on a deal, ask for a meeting. Like no one likes that stuff. And so, of course, when it's now time to do that again on social or with video, we don't like it again. And we're like, this is, this is uncomfortable. I don't like what I look like and sound like. People are going to think I'm an idiot. I, this, is, I'm too, this is too vulnerable. Yeah, because that's how you win again in this world. So, and I think it's self-evident now. We're watching originators. I mean, I, I know you've seen this. People are stepping into that space. They're gaining popularity or influence or connection. And they're leveraging that into more opportunity for their business. I mean, the fact that influencers are a thing is insane, except that we've always bought things from influencers. Back in the day when we didn't have phones, we would call people, I mean, like internet, like on our phones, we would call people for references. We would call people for referrals. And we'd say like, because we listen to people. They can just do it at scale now. And to your point, like we, we like some people and we don't know them, but we like them. And so if they say, you know, hey, use Johnny for a loan, or buy this hot dog, people are going to do it. That's the opportunity, man. That's the right. space. Yeah, it's magical. You said something too. And I think this is something for the listener to take away. Like, there's a lot of roads to success. Most of them are being uncomfortable, right? All and you talked about like, there's the old uncomfortable, there's the new uncomfortable, there's a lot of different roads. They're all uncomfortable if you want to get to success. If you want to, you know, stay where you're at or, or you know, stagnate, you can be really, really comfortable. But whether it's, you know, cold calling, walking and meeting people you don't know, or video, you mentioned video a few times, and I'd love to get into that because I remember I was sharing the stat. I never enjoyed 
video per se. I knew it was important and I knew it was a way I could send out a message at scale. Um, I remember sharing the stat in a couple of meetings where, you know, I was trying to encourage others to do it, whether it's real estate agents or, or, or lenders. Um, and it was something I saw somewhere, 91% or 92% of what was going to be consumed. I feel like this was headed into 2022 online was video. Like that's how people wanted to consume their information. And so I was telling people like, you can love to blog, you can love, you know, pictures, people are going to consume content nine tenths of the time through video. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey, because I know you're not afraid of video. Well, I think you get better at video, I think you get more comfortable at video. And and so my, my encouragement for people is, Again, we, we really haven't changed as a, as a species. So like if you talk about the best way to build rapport, the best place to build connection, it's face-to-face, one-to-one, eyeball-to-eyeball, energy-to-energy. That's how, that's how you do it. And then you go, okay, well, that's, that's true. Like that's how you build the most rapport. In fact, there's been studies forever in lending that if you actually meet your borrower, your conversion chance is exponentially higher than if you never meet your borrower, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of a real thing. Down that stream, you know, the next thing is video because you get the same thing to a lesser degree. Obviously, you and I are interacting, so I can see your face and I can see you react react to me. But when I make a video, I don't get any of that feedback. I'm just putting myself out there in a position of vulnerability, but the real connections are still happening. You're just not receiving them back, but they're happening. I cannot tell you how many people will be like, Alec, I, I feel like I know you and we've never talked. So it's real, it happens. Just it's just a different way than the belly to belly, real face to face stuff does. So the reason it's so powerful is that because that's how people love to connect. So we really haven't changed. We're just doing it differently. And therefore, there lies the opportunity. But I have a really big comment on this, Matt, because now people start saying video is not for me. I got a face for radio. I hear all the I hear every excuse like it's not for me. And I just have to I have to challenge that. I don't agree. And like one of the people I look up to a lot is this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he says like, well, if you can't do video, you should write and blah, blah. And I I still don't agree. I'm like, no, you should still do video. And the reason I'm so bent on that is number one, you're depriving people of actual connection with you, which is means you're, you're lessening your chance to have the success you're capable of. And number two, people are so varied in their humanity. I mean, you look at personality profile tests, right? Look at the Enneagrams. Look at all this craziness where it's like, oh, I act like this or I like this. Here's, here's my favorite example, right? I am not an engineer-minded person. I'm not. I'm a doer. I'm an action-oriented person. And sometimes that means I move a little too fast. It sometimes that means I miss some details. And sometimes I mean that like people that when I work with people that are very engineer-minded, they're like, you need to slow down. You need to slow down and not make as many mistakes. And then... So, so myself and an engineer-minded person are like oil and water a little bit. It's hard for us to get along because I do have to slow down to speak their language and they've got to speed up to keep up with me. And so there's some friction there. And so even as a salesperson, when I was actively originating, engineers had a real tough time with me. They didn't, I didn't convert engineers as much because they were like, this guy is a snake oil salesman kind of. He moves too fast. He's pitching me too hard. But when I would talk to people that were high driven, kind of out there, aggressive style people, they loved me because they were like, there was no small talk. It's like, let's get to business. Let's solve the problem. My best realtor I ever worked with literally turned an egg timer on and said, you've got a minute to tell me why I should work with you. 
And we became best friends because it wasn't like, tell me about your kids and what do you do for fun? He doesn't care. Like, I mean, he'll care about me as a person later, but like, so I don't care how you perceive the world. You have a valuable audience out there of people who are like-minded to you that are in agree with how you see the world. And so whether you're an absolute extreme engineer and your videos are slow paced and your videos are going line by line through an LE or a CD or really explaining a topic in full detail for 20 minutes, which everyone says the algorithm's going to hate and all this other BS. Do you know how many people are be like, thank God, thank God somebody is taking the time. And they're not just trying to hook me in with some kind of buzzy, like if you don't do this, your loan's not going to close kind of hook. Like you're that there's an audience for you. And so that's where I disagree on. And that's where I really lean in on the power of video. No matter what you look like and sound like how you think how you process information, how you share your knowledge. There are people out there that are going to resonate with that. And I'd be attracted to your vibe and want to work with you because of who you are and how you think. Yeah, I can't tell you how much that resonates with me because I've had this conversation with people where, you know, you're going to have people, whether it's in person, whether it's over the phone, whether it's, you know, through a YouTube video that say, I like Alec, I want to work with Alec, right? I like Matt, he's my style, right? Then you have others that don't. So rather than go in a room of 20 people, and I'm presenting rates today, you know, and, and three realtors talk to you afterwards, the other 17 are like, not my cup of tea. Do that at scale through video. And I can't tell you how many times people are like, man, like you sound exactly like you do when you record the videos. Well, that's the point, right? It's just oh, press play, be me. And then when the people reach out, they're reaching out because how I behave, to your point, resonated with them. They're like, that's my kind of guy, right? And so the more genuine you are in video, the less polished and the more it's just record and talk the more you're going to get the people who resonate with you. And to, like, I haven't thought about how you thought about it, but you're exactly right. It's like an engineer mind or, or whatever it is, right? It's just your people. And we all understand it. I think people listening, like if you stopped and thought about it, like you've gone into, you know, a family gathering, you've gone into a, a network meeting, you've gone somewhere and you just like resonate with some people and not with others. It's just, it's just normal. And that's what we're doing online with video is saying, hey, this is me. If, if, if I'm your guy, give me a call. If not, all good. And then you just happen to have people who raise their hand and go, yeah, you're my guy. I filled out the form. Let's work together. Like how much easier of a sales process is it if they already know that, right? Like if you write long form content or you have, you know, fancy clicks and then you get on the phone and they're like, nah, this ain't my guy. Like I need someone who's going to go line by line. Or, or, or to your point, right? The way, the way I, I, I try to inspire people with this who are hesitant about video or think that they don't have the right energy or they're not made for video because you need to be high and salesy. I, I just, I, I explain it with one parallel. Have you ever worked with a customer and it was a nightmare? Like somehow you ended up working for somebody and with somebody and they don't speak your language and they don't like you. And those loans always go bad and they get worse. And, and maybe you've worked with a referral partner like that. And you're like, oh God, I just can't stand this person. And then on the flip side, have you ever worked with somebody who just gets you and gets your value and is a, and appreciates you for God's sake. So it's like, thank you for helping me through this thing. 
And when you ask for stuff, they're on it and they're in it and they're just, they just appreciate your professionalism, et cetera. And people are like, oh yeah, I've done that too. Don't you want to attract that person? Like <laughs> that person's attracted to you because of who you are. And they just happen to bump into you and line up to you already. So the transaction was perfect, but you can attract that person doing exactly what you said, Matt, being vulnerable and authentic about who you are, what you care about, what your value prop is. You will attract those people who get it and you will naturally distance, which is amazing. <laughs> the people that would never want to work with you. So you don't get those nightmare transactions anymore because they've already disappeared. It's, it's just people get it when you say it like that. Right. Right. Yeah. I wrote down a note because yeah. uh, I can't remember you were talking about something to do with phones. And so this is just a survey question for you. Like do, do, do green bubbles bother you? When somebody's not an iPhone user. <laughs> oh, I, I mainly I mainly joke about Android users because someone has to be number two in the world and like and they're doing God's work by just taking second place and how they're screwing up my, you know, text chains with everybody. Um, but you know, I don't really care. I think it's just easy targets to make fun of. But like okay. but yeah, you know, know what's funny is I don't even remember what you're talking about, but I just wrote down iPhones because like whenever someone's talking about phone, I'm like, I can't send a voice memo. We like I've I've got countless threads with 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 colleagues and with friends yep. where I'm just like, who is it? Who of these eights is causing this green bubble? So I had to ask the question. Um, I want to come back to what we started with, which was, you know, the best way to get better every day is really just to follow in the lead of others. And um, you know, I talked about it, you talked about it. It was exactly what I did in the beginning of my mortgage career. Yeah. And I the, the the cool part, the small world part, is that when I was coming up, I didn't start till 2014. Nathan Sibbett is in Sacramento in my market. Yeah. He's a Lone Depot guy. He's one, one of your guys. Yeah. Like class act of a human being, great yeah. producer, great business. And so he was one of those people. But I was like, whatever he's doing, he's doing it good. I'm going to check out what he's doing. Whatever Jeremy Forcier is doing, like I got to figure out some of the stuff that he's doing. And I just looked, you know, I didn't have to go that far, right? There's a lot of people in Northern California that were doing it at a high level. Some of them, to your point, like I got meetings with, and I just said, you know, I'm doing this, you're doing this. Like, how do I get closer to that? And then as I continued to level up my production, I had to keep looking higher and higher. So um, who is it currently in your space. I know Gary V's your boy. Saw you on his podcast. Yeah. Um, but you know, who else are you looking at, you know, in maybe the marketing space, um, who you feel is like sharp and gets it and and is, you know, forward looking. Well, let me let me go on a quick tangent and then I'll answer that um part. You know, th there's something that I, I always want to encourage people with on the, you know, go if you see some great people, go learn from them. Cause you heard me talk about that in the very beginning. I'm a big believer in that strategy. Go, if you see somebody doing incredible stuff, go talk to them, go ask them what they're doing, get in their slipstream, follow them and learn. And then I want to temper that with don't try to be them. And, and what I'm, I mean this so sincerely, but I see so many people who take that advice of I'm going to um, go learn from them and translate that or act on that in I'm going to copy and try to be them. And it drives me nuts because they're they they're not their authentic self is hidden in that way. They're not letting it out. You know, I know some people who are like, I just want to do long form content, and the world is pushing short form content on everybody right now. But there are people that are like, I just really value this medium better. And it's like, screw what everyone else is doing. Like, 
don't think like, oh, I need to copy them though. Cause that's how I get the, that's how I hit the algorithm. That's how I get deals. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Go be you in that space and, and relentlessly hold, hang on to the you part because that's, what's going to drive the results. Not just that you copied somebody's style or hooked a certain way or read some script. Like that. I just want to encourage people that are listening to Matt, because I, like I, I, I do what people do, but man, do it with your own heart and your own voice. Cause like, Working out, everyone should work out. Now, if you think yoga is great and you think playing basketball every Saturday is great and I'm doing CrossFit, great, freaking great. We're all working out. Like it's just, it's the best thing ever. So just hear that. But then from, you know, back to answer your question and who's killing it, you know, I take so much inspiration from people who are killing it in their own way. You know, so like when I got into this and started out this, like, like Josh Pitts, uh, uh, Jason Frazier, um, uh, 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 Phil Treadwell, like those guys were like out there doing work. And I was like, man, that's really cool. And they were, in, they were inspiring to me. Cause I was like, man, like the, they're like me. Like I can, I can do this. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? And then of course, like Gary Vaynerchuk, Neil Dingra, like guys that, that are absolutely like masters in this craft and have dedicated themselves to it are massively influential but like we can take influence and inspiration from people in all varieties. Like they don't have to be the number one killer podcast host in the world, but to be doing something really cool that we could be like, that's rad. Um, but I'll say this in terms of like who you should follow and what all that stuff. Um, the, the, the ultimate opportunity with social for growth is to follow the people that give you life. It's like, there, there are some really talented people who are just assholes. And, and they're just not kind and their stuff is just, you know, vitriol and just, ugh. and I know some people feed on that and some people like the negativity, but like my encouragement is that who you fill your feed with is, is who's feeding you, right? Like that's, that's a real thing. And so find people, even if they're not these mega superstars, but they're, they're working hard and they're putting out content and they're striving to get better. Those people like light up my day because those are the people that I'm like, those are my people. And so that, that's my encouragement is that, that yes, you can follow amazing superstars, but also, you know, follow people that are feeding you. Yeah. I, I can't agree more. Like get better every day. That's what it's about. Like I've oh, yeah. been on this self-development journey for a decade and really like, you know, talking with a personal coach, it's like, where am I the happiest? When am I the most fulfilled? I'm the most fulfilled and happiest when I'm growing growing in my relationships, you know, being the best dad I can, the best husband I can, growing, you know, my health with fitness, growing yep. in my business, growing in all ways, like when I'm sitting still and I'm not getting better. And so like, to your point, when you watch people that are positive and growing and doing great things, you know, you're one of them for me where like, I'm watching you do cool stuff and having fun doing it, right? Like I cannot, like, it, it's, it's, it's hard to quantify, right? But like, the little things like the shopping cart bit, like I can't tell oh, you, okay. I can't tell you how much I laughed at it. Not just because like <laughs> I got those calls, I considered it. Like, you know how expensive shopping cart ads are? Yes. Ridiculous. They're amazing. But so listen, so listen for everyone out there listening. So I, this year, um, for the last two years, I've had a, a, a short form content strategy where I was doing some long form podcasts as part of my content strategy. And then I was producing kind of short form 
reels, hero content, quick hits, you know, stuff that was connected to my book and all this other stuff. This year, I was like, you know what, there's so much negativity in the world right now, because we are in a down cycle. It's hard. Like this is a real thing. And Nobody told me, like, told you know me what? eight straight quarters or something. Uh, never yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. so, like, this, this is a real thing, right? We're dealing with real stuff. And I'm going to make long form content um, called the bright side. And I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a fake show about good things happening in mortgage and real estate. And I'm going to produce it monthly and have clips to it and all the things to it. Right. And I can tell you, I have more fun making that shit and filming it with my friends and, and, and coming up with the ideas then I guarantee anybody else is having watching it. Like I, every time, like I'm telling you, like I'm filming episode six on Monday and I'm like, so excited. I like, we have so many, like we're in the inside jokes, the laughter. So like make stuff that gives yourself life too. Cause if you make stuff that gives yourself life again, man, you're going to attract those people who are right into your alley. Yeah. You want to find something that you're going to continue to do and can you continue to wake up and show up for? Do stuff you like. Do stuff that makes you happy. I couldn't think of a better way to end it besides alechanson.com, which we'll have uh, that in the oh, show notes. Right Anywhere else where you want people to, to come check you out, because I'm sure you know we can find your your Instagram and, and Facebook and everything else there, right? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I collaborate a ton with people who send me DMs or want to just ask a question or want to just hang out because I'm learning too. Like I, I, I am always very clear in this. I, I hate, I don't hate the, the, the kind of concept of the guru, the guy that's figured it out. And now, now, you know, here's my ebook. I, it just turns me off. Like I'm just a practitioner. I think this stuff matters. I think that stuff matters to the, to the mortgage professionals I serve. I think this stuff matters to our industry and to, to local pros across the country, regardless of the company they're in. I think that, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to be in that space and I'm going to try to figure it out too. And so if I, if that, if in my process, I can help somebody else and theirs and we can, they can help me, we're on the same journey, you know, to your comment, like better together. And so that's, that's what I'm, that's my whole thing. So if anyone wants to, my website's just designed with stuff that I hope is helpful for people. Like I have a full series on how to start a podcast on there because I felt like maybe somebody would ask that question because I did, you know, I have a full kit on like, what cameras do I recommend and how do I set up lights and what kind of mic should I have? Because I think that stuff matters. So I hope there's just resources there that help people. I love it, man. Thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Get better every day, listeners. Like, comment, subscribe. Do all the things that you do on these channels. Thanks again, Alec. This is Matt Gouget. Just wanted to give you a quick thank you for listening to the Get Better Every Day podcast. Hopefully you're inspired to go out there and get better every day. If you could, please do us a huge favor and leave a five-star review if you found any value in this. Share it with your friends. Again, thanks for listening and go out there and get better every day.